get us started, some more background on you, I think our listeners would really like to know. Um, how did you arrive at uh, the real estate profession? Uh, well, it's it was long ago, but uh, I, now with 22 years of experience, uh, that goes back through a lot of markets. But uh, it all started in college, probably. I worked for a couple of builders uh, oh, okay. as I was going through college, and uh, not much more than a general laborer, but... Uh, just having a, a completed project when we were done to be able to step back and look at. And I yes. thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, but I, I also went to school for, I was going to be the next Alex P. Keaton. And if you're under 45 years old, you probably have to Google Full that. disclosure, I don't know who that is off the top of my head. Check it out. <laughs> okay. uh, but I was very much into econ and finance, and that's the path I wanted to take. In fact, after I graduated, I worked for a mutual fund company okay. uh, here in the Midwest, but it was very much uh, like being on Wall Street in the middle of the Midwest. Sure. And, Best of uh, both worlds. That's right. awesome. Yeah. Uh, but quickly found that really wasn't for me. Um, and I kind of went back to the real estate thing and uh, jumped in with both feet and uh, started doing this, stopped doing that, and never looked back. Awesome. And you said, I think, 22 or 23 years of real estate yeah, experience uh, now? You're, well, I don't if you don't remember Alex P. Keaton, you may not remember Y2K. I, uh, I remember that vaguely. But right after uh, we got through that uh, scenario with the mutual fund company, um, that's about the time I jumped into real estate. Awesome. And, very cool. Uh, well, congratulations. I mean, that, that is a, a very good length of time, and mm -hmm. I'm sure you've uh, seen this, that it, it takes uh, real staying power to you know, not only last, but thrive for that long in the real estate environment. So it can, there's uh, a lot of people come and go, but, yeah. um, and we've, we've seen a lot of markets and, and different, uh, environments, uh, that we have to work through, but, uh, e each one of them works, it's works itself out and it's, uh, it's gone well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm curious from your past experience, both in the mutual fund space or even in home building, you know, what of your uh, of your past experiences translated best to your current work and your current role? I, I think the professionalism mm. uh, piece of it, the um, you know, in in that kind of company or in that industry, professionalism was uh, was top on the list. And when I came into real estate, uh, I, you know, I tried to keep that, and uh, and that gets it gets me through a lot of things. It's it's just a nice. Uh, buyers and sellers or clients just uh, appreciate, I think, yeah. some professionalism. It, it is a big deal when they ask us to uh, dispose of or find their biggest asset. It's a huge deal. And yeah. uh, it, there needs to be some professionalism that goes with it, uh, as well as the knowledge and, and experience. 100% agree. Uh, don't be a jerk. Get, gets you a long way in the that helps. professional yes. space. Yeah. <laughs> so do you remember who was your first client uh, right out of Y2K, and how did you uh, get connected with them originally? Uh, well, it's it's a funny story because my first client was myself. Okay. <laughs> uh, the very first house I listed and sold was my own. Oh, wow. Um, Great uh, guinea pig uh, right? opportunity there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> uh, believe it or not, it was myself, but uh, no... Other, you know, being in the office back then, we we fielded a lot of phone calls uh, in the office. People sure. would call it. Now they just go to the internet to find out information. But yep. uh, back then, I, I took as much uh, we called it floor time as, as I could take and, and answer those phones. And uh, one of the first calls came through. Um, uh, wanted uh, to get my opinion on their value of their investment property. Uh, we ended up listing it. It sold. I kept in touch with them, and wouldn't you know, you know, four and five transactions later, uh, they were one of my best clients. So wow. 
Fantastic. Um, it, it, it's interesting how you stumble into business, but as long as you keep that follow-up going. Yeah, uh, building those relationships, well. and it's a, it's a snowball effect. Exactly. So very good. Uh, do you recall a big mistake uh, or you know, what you would consider to be a big mistake that you made early on uh, in your business? Oh, yeah. Um, I showed the wrong house. Uh, it was in Random Lake. I remember it very well. Uh, there are two houses for sale, both white two-story homes, both with a for sale sign in the front oh, yard. Oh, no. And I thought I had pulled up to the right address. And back then, we were using paper maps and right. the address. Yeah. I, there was no Google Maps on your phone. True. But, yeah. So I parked in front of the house and knocked on the door, and uh, no one answered. So we went in, and the woman seemed to be surprised we were there to show her house. Um, weren't you expecting us though? And she's like, no, but come on in and show it. Showed the house. They didn't particularly care for it. We left and I later figured out <laughs> I had shown the neighbor's house and not the correct so house. So did you take your clients back to the house they wanted to see? I or? think by then we had moved on to some other properties. Sure. And, uh, they found something else to wow. their liking. Yeah, no, that that's a that's a good one for sure. I, it could have gone way more poorly <laughs> though. So gone very wrong, but I'm, I'm uh, it worked at least out. It half worked out. Yeah, I, I haven't done it again. Awesome. <laughs> so I wanted to pivot into, I guess, the current lay of the land uh, in real estate um, with your buyers right now. What would you just say is the current mood or, or current uh, mindset of, of the buyers that you have? Yep, uh, I think there's some. I'll call it they're shell-shocked uh, mm -hmm. by how quickly things changed. Yeah, um, We're coming off, uh, I'm going to call it an overheated market or a buyer frenzy uh, that has really occurred the last couple of years, especially in the springtime. Yeah. Um, but, but that's shifting now, um, and, and I think buyers actually have a chance uh, to acquire a property they like uh, instead of competing with you know, eight and 10 and 12 uh, other buyers out there. So, um, however, now rates uh, have kind of ticked up and, and made it more expensive. So just when they get a break uh, from, from the demand cooling off a bit, uh, now rates aren't helping them out very much. So it's, uh, uh, there's a lot happening and I'm not sure buyers or sellers have quite caught up and figured out yeah. what direction we're taking yet. I totally agree that things have moved so fast, particularly with rates, that it, it takes a while for perception, I think, to catch up to reality. True. Right? Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that the cooling of the housing market will provide a little bit of reprieve where maybe if they can get their offer accepted at 10 grand over instead of 40 grand over list, that will help hopefully counteract, you know, the, the rising of rates. But, right, uh, right. Yeah, it's it's tough to, I mean, things are moving so fast, it's definitely not not normal. Uh, how are buyers navigating the, what I call the bane for your buck equation between housing and rates and inventory? Basically, mm -hmm. how are they balancing getting the house they want with still not being house poor at the end of the day? I, I, I think it's tough for them because things keep shifting and moving and what was true yesterday or last week, you know, seems to keep changing. So uh, we, we keep, I don't know, moving the, the playing field on them a little bit. Mm -hmm. So here we're coming off a time where um, it, there was urgency to look at a house and, and write an offer, write a good offer. Uh, as fast as possible. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. they were competing with so many people. Um, but now now it's cooled off, but inventory still remains low. Um, so there's still 
some upward pressure on prices, uh, I feel. But but now these buyers, they maybe were looking at a house for three fifty, uh, had to drive the price up to four or four twenty five just mm-hmm. to get it. Um, so now we're back in a time where all right, now I can get the house for three fifty, but rates are higher. Right. So you know either way, I'm I'm kind of at that higher cost uh, to own property. So it's it it's quite an equation uh, for <laughs> buyers to maneuver through. Yep. No, absolutely. Well, and you know, the on the number side of things, obviously I can show them exactly what the payment will be, but then I always tell them, you want to look at that payment, but then that payment might be worth it for house A, but not for house B, right? Because exactly. there's the real life aspect of it. It's like certain houses are better than others. And if you want a house bad enough, then maybe it'll, it'll be worth uh, sort of getting on board with a certain payment or, or not. Yep, right? agreed. So balancing agreed. the emotions with the uh, logical math side of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of sellers, uh, what is the mood of sellers right now as the market is maybe cooling off just a little bit from that buyer's frenzy of, mm-hmm. of the summer? Um, I feel like buyers are still taking a wait and see sort of approach. I mean, there's a lot of variables out there with economic questions and heck even even money swings if you look at you know the the market and and yeah how much that is swinging right now that that is a factor but i think the biggest thing is that sellers just want to know what their landing place is going to be um if and when they're going to sell the house and we came off a time here when it was this overheated market where they they paused on on selling their house because they didn't know where they were going to go or right. if they were going to be able to compete for their next house. Um, and, and, and I still think there's a, a little bit of that uh, in play. So sellers just like to know their next step uh, or be able to have a, a chance at the next step. And there's still a few question marks for them. Understandable. Yeah, completely understandable. Uh, what do you think is the biggest friction point for someone who's thinking about selling their house right now? I know you mentioned the, they want to know where they're going to land. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other, I guess, friction points that you are seeing with sellers right now? Um, I think that is a, a big one. Uh, and again, the just the economic questions and political questions. Sure. And, uncertainty. Uh, a yeah. lot of uncertainty out there. Uh, and, and we're also kind of in this, I'm, I'm going to call it seller limbo uh, or market <laughs> limbo right now, where we're coming off this market. There's been a shift, uh, certainly. Um but yet some houses are still getting eight and nine offers on it and right. selling well over asking price, and others are just hopeful to get an offer. Um, so uh, there's a lot of changes going on. And, interesting. Uh, w- everyone's trying to figure out yeah. where we're going. It's, it's an interesting uh, point of disparity where you have some houses that have lingered on the market for way longer than expected, maybe have a, had a couple price drops in the process, and then you have other houses are getting multiple competing offers above list on the same weekend you exactly. know, that they list. So it's right. it's weird to see those two extremes. Uh, what would you say, Jim, are the top two tips for a seller who's thinking about getting their house ready to sell mm-hmm. right now? Uh, that's easy for me. I, I think um, buyers want a neat, clean, and maintained home, uh, and they're willing to pay more money for it. Really? You'd okay. be surprised how many properties we go into with the with the dirty dishes and the oh. unmade beds and uh, really? it needs a oh. lot of upkeep and I mean if you were going to sell your car to someone you'd at least vacuum it out right yeah. and and uh, some usually it translates to s- selling a house but 
surprisingly not always. Hmm. Um, so when we walk in with a buyer to a, a house that is in perfect condition and it's well kept and everything's in order and neat and clean, it's like, yep, I, I would like to buy this house and whatever else they're selling. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's someone you you want to buy a house sure. from. Reflects that they're taking care of their their property. Right, yeah. right. And you know, the other thing um, I see a lot of, just generally speaking, um, people tend to have either too much furniture or too big of furniture okay. uh, for each room. So it, it's funny when I go on appointments, I I often will be telling people. Let's just pick one item out of this room and get rid of it. Okay, um, sure. It, it'll make the house look big, bigger. It'll look uh, neater. You're going to move it anyway, so let's get it out of here. Right. Um, so just something that simple, uh, I think, makes a big difference and probably puts a little more money in their pocket. Yeah, that's definitely an easy concession to make if it translates to a better purchase price and a, a quicker offer, for sure. Right. Do you recommend full staging, or do you think that you know other easier changes like cleanliness and maybe removing a piece of furniture mm -hmm. here or there, do you think um, that would do the trick? Yeah, I think we're coming off of two years where sellers didn't really have to do anything right. to their house Just and it would still sell. Yeah. Um, my joke would be you could practically light your house on fire uh, and, and still get full price for it, it seemed like. So the the staging thing went away for a while possibly, but I, I do see it coming back. Now. Okay. Um, and um, it, it, because if, if that seller's only going to have one, if any, offer, man, you're going to need to make it you're look gonna nice. You're going to need to dazzle it up a little bit. All right, very good. Um, both in your office and just with other agents that you've spoken with lately, what would you say is the general uh, the general mood right now amongst mm -hmm. realtors? I think experienced agents are excited okay. um, to, to approach normal again. Mm. Um, and, and maybe some inexperienced agents are a little more terrified or frightened by, by the market. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of news and internet stories and articles about doom and gloom and market crashing. And, and I just don't agree with really any of that. Mm. I, yes, it, after these two years, it appears as if we're falling back, but honestly, we're just approaching normal yeah, again. Yeah, just a return to normal. Um, sure. So I, I, I think we're fine. I, I, I don't see prices dropping. I, I see it more of a level playing field with buyers. Um, I, I'm actually looking forward to the market uh, yeah. that's coming because this last one was just way out of control. It's funny because that resonated with me on the lending side of things is that I completely agree. I think uh, loan officers or loan consultants who have been in the industry for a long time, I think they're not overly concerned and view it as a return to normalcy. One of the bad jokes we tell is rates got to go up before they can go back down again, right? That's true. So, you know, the last two years were <laughs> completely unsustainable because they were at the floor. There yep. was nowhere for them to go. Absolutely. Um, so I'm entirely with you on that. All right. Time for some quick predictions. Uh, okay. Where do you see the housing market going from here and why? I think rates have squashed the buyer frenzy that, that we're so used to seeing. Uh, so again, buyers actually have a chance now. Um, the ones that are left. The yeah. ones that are left. Um, I, I think growth returns to, to normal levels. Uh, definitely prices aren't, I don't see prices dropping simply because there's still so much demand for the housing yeah, the and, and very little inventory. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so I, I just think it's going to return to that normal trajectory. It's, I don't see it crashing. I 
it's I'm excited about it yeah. actually. That sounds great. All right, you heard it from Jim. If you got buyers out there, be the ones who are still in this market because other people are giving up. So you have a chance to go get a home now that maybe you couldn't have gotten a few months ago. Agreed. Uh, what about the last 12 months is going to influence the next 12 months? I think the return to calm uh, will be a refreshing change for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, buyers saw what happened uh, to good houses uh, in this last market. Um, so I, I just think uh, this return to normal will be much needed and uh, it'll be a much easier market to navigate. Mm. From your lips to upstairs, that would be great. <laughs> all right, a couple quick rapid fire questions mm -hmm. and we'll be all set to go here. Uh, the color you hate most on the side of a house is? I actually showed a purple house once <laughs> and it did not go well. So if you are going to sell your house, do not paint it purple. No purple. Uh, your most down to the wire closing story. Uh, it, it actually was not a good ending. Mm. Um, at the closing table or very soon before it, uh, as you know, lenders will do a verification of employment. Oh yeah. And my poor buyer found out at the closing table uh, that he had lost his job. Oh my goodness. Uh, so that derailed the closing. Uh, he had to go. <laughs> Amongst other things, and, I'm sure and, that right. it derailed. And uh, he had to find a new job. Wow. Uh, but usually, usually when things, usually things are pretty well set by the time we get to closing. Uh, sometimes, um, I know you talk about the big national lenders sometimes, and, and usually that's when we see most of the problems. Sure. It's, it, it's, the communication is a little bit lacking. Uh, it's harder to get answers from them. Uh, they, they can't make changes or turn on a dime like like you can. Um, and, and sometimes I feel like we're the, uh, you know, the tenth person in line to uh, yeah. that they're going to work with. So it's uh, usually it's because of things that could have been prevented. Absolutely. Strangest closing location. Oh, well, COVID. Uh, COVID changed some some things. Yeah. Um, so doing the closings through the pneumatic tubes at the drive-through of the bank uh, was probably the strangest uh, closing. As far as location, nothing out of the ordinary, but COVID just changed a lot yeah. of things. And, and, and there was a point where people were trying to figure out how to best yeah. handle this. The, the plexiglass closing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what is the strangest home fixture that you've ever seen walking through a property? I walked into a living room with a coffin in it one time. Oh, no. Uh, no body. Please tell me it was empty. It. Yeah. Yes, it was empty. <laughs> um, and I also uh, saw a built-in kennel. Could have been used for their dog, but uh, not in their case. It was for their pot belly pig. Oh. Uh, that they kept inside the house. So built in. Built How do you in. sell that feature? I don't know. It's uh, it, it was an interesting site. Oh, we, we we run into a lot of uh, very interesting yeah. uh, fixtures for sure. It's part of the fun. Yes, Jim. It's been great to have you. Thanks for the time today. All right. Thank you, Tim. All right. Appreciate it.